So tonight's lesson is titled Hope in Hard Times, and it comes from Romans chapter 8, verses 18 through 39. Uh, so Paul was suffering and had experienced suffering all throughout his ministry. So were the Roman Christians. They faced opposition and persecution for their faith. Here in this chapter, Paul puts his and their present suffering into perspective. In light of future glory and hope compared to what we will experience in the future and what Christ experienced in the past, our present sufferings don't even make it on the comparison graph. Paul sets out what will become the song of thousands of future Christians who face suffering. He encourages them and us to become more than conquerors in trials and tribulations. We may be stripped of social status, influence, possession, and life itself, but we Christians will be rich anyway. Christ died for us. We have the Spirit within us helping us pray. Christ is in heaven interceding for us, and nothing in heaven on earth or even under the earth can separate us from God's love. Face it, if God is for us, who can be against us? Um, so the labor birth sequence is often used to describe the, um, the whole idea of pain and this great gift that is brought to us, this great blessing that is brought to us through the midst of pain. Um, and especially how um, at the moment after birth, all of the, the pain of childbirth just kind of seems to melt away um, at, at the glory of this, this gift of life that has been brought into the world. So what other examples of gain after pain can you think of? Payday, so working a hard week and then getting paid at the end of it. It's a really hard workout. A workout, so the the workout motto: no pain, no gain. Uh, the whole idea that um, through our workout we are shredding muscles, and through the shredding of those muscles, they rebuild stronger um, and more efficient and more effective than they were before. Good. Any others that you can think of? All right, well, let's jump into our scripture reading for tonight, and that's going to be from Romans chapter 8, beginning with verse 18. I consider that our present sufferings are not worth comparing with the glory that will be revealed in us. For the creation waits in eager expectation for the children of God to be revealed. For the creation was subjected to frustration, not by its own choice, but by the will of the one who subjected it, in hope that the creation itself will be liberated from its bondage to decay and brought into the freedom and glory of the children of God. We know that the whole creation has been groaning as in the pains of childbirth right up to the present time. Not only so, 
but we ourselves have the first fruits of the Spirit. We ourselves, who have the first fruits of the Spirit, grown inwardly as we wait eagerly for our adoption to sonship, the redemption of our bodies. For in this hope we were saved, but hope that is seen is no hope at all. Who hopes for what they already have? But if we hope for what we do not yet have, we wait for it patiently. In the same way, the Spirit helps us in our weakness. We do not know what we ought to pray for, but the Spirit himself intercedes for us through wordless groans. And he who searches our hearts knows the mind of the Spirit, because the Spirit intercedes for God's people in accordance with the will of God. And we know that in all things God works for the good of those who love him, who have been called according to his purpose. For those God foreknew, he also predestined to be conformed to the image of his Son, that he might be the firstborn among many brothers and sisters. And those he predestined, he also called. Those he called, he also justified. Those he justified, he also glorified. What then shall we say in response to these things? If God is for us, who can be against us? He who did not spare his own son, but gave him up for us all, how will he not also, along with him, graciously give us all things? Who will bring any charge against those whom God has chosen? It is God who justifies. Who then is the one who condemns? No one. Christ Jesus, who died, more than that, who was raised to life, is at the right hand of God, and is also interceding for us. Who shall separate us from the love of Christ? Shall trouble, or hardship, or persecution, or famine, or nakedness, or danger, or sword? As it is written, for your sake we face danger, we face death all day long. We are considered as sheep to be slaughtered. No, in all these things we are more than conquerors through him who loved us. For I am convinced that neither death nor life, neither angels nor demons, neither the present nor the future, nor any powers, neither height nor depth, nor anything in all creation will be able to separate us from the love of God that is in Christ Jesus our Lord. So in the preceding chapter, Paul sets up the argument by describing a person in bondage to the law of sin and death. Unable to do what he knows is right and to resist doing what he knows is wrong. It is a description of wretched slavery to sin that ends with a cry for deliverance. Who will deliver me from this body of death? The answer is Jesus Christ. And chapter 8 describes the rescue in such glorious terms that it is hard to read it without responding by singing grateful praises to God. We are free of the law of sin and can obey Christ because we are controlled by the Spirit. Thus we put to death the deeds of sin as children of God, and we prepare for future glory where even our bodies will be redeemed. When we pray, the Spirit helps us pray. With all this in mind, we can face anything. With God, for us who can be with God, for that doesn't read right. 
If God is with us, I'm going to change it. If God is with us, who can be against us? Nothing can separate us from God's love. So let's jump into some questions. Here's the first question. How does reading this uh, chapter in Romans affect the way you think about suffering and difficulty? How does it make you think differently about God's love? So who has experienced suffering and difficulty this week? Or maybe this month? Anyone? I think we all can say in some way or form, especially during this pandemic, that we've all in some way experienced some difficulties, some suffering, um, some things that are not easy or not normal for us. How does this chapter shape or put into new perspective those difficulties and suffering? I think one way is it should it should change the way we see suffering um, and difficulties in this way. So oftentimes when we're going through hard times, um, it seems like that's all there is in life. And we get really down in the dumps and we feel like there's no way anyone else could have it worse than us, right? We kind of throw a little pity party for ourselves. One of the things that Paul wants to remind us is that no matter what we're suffering, and what were some of the things Paul suffered? Well, he, he suffered a lot. Okay, so he was shipwrecked um, multiple times, right? Yeah, multiple times. Um, pretty sure he gets bit by a venomous snake during one of those shipwrecks. Uh, he gets stoned. I want to say a couple times, for sure one time, and is left for dead, but he's not dead. He's imprisoned multiple times. And let me tell you, the prisons in Paul's day were not the same prison systems that we have today, in which you're given three course meals a day, and outside time, and library privileges, and other things like that. He was chained to a wall in a rock cell and maybe got a meal okay it was not a great not a great thing to be put put in prison back then and he hadn't done anything wrong except proclaim the gospel Uh, so paul had his fair share of suffering and yet paul says that despite all the things that we may suffer in life even if we are martyred for our faith and we lose our life itself. It is nothing compared to what Christ has done for us already through the suffering of Christ. It it doesn't even compare to that same thing. 
Therefore, we can have hope in Christ because he knows where we're at. He has experienced that. He's experienced far worse than that. And so his love, his grace, his peace that is with us is enough to see us through. The spirit that he gives us is enough to see us through those difficult times. And we have the hope that even if these difficult times end in our death and everything seems everything is lost and taken from us, even our life, we still have life in Christ. And we have the hope of what is to come, the re- redemption of all things, including our bodies, being made whole and being with Christ in the new creation. So we have this, this tremendous hope. Um, and so when we go through those times of suffering, we shouldn't, we shouldn't lose all hope and be down in the dumps, but we should keep our eyes on Christ and allow him to see us through. And that doesn't mean that the hard times just magically go away, but it means that we are given the strength that we need to, to go through those hard times. Uh, so the next question is, what is our hope as Christians? We kind of already talked about this, but our hope as in Christians as Christians is in Christ. It's not in the things of this earth. Um, so everything in this earth, everything in our lives today, it can all be taken from us. Um, we can fight it. We can do whatever we want. Um, but it can all be taken from us. Even our lives can be taken from us. But our relationship with Christ, the promises he has, he has made to us, those things... That salvation, that can never be taken from us. Not anything in heaven, on earth, or under the earth. No powers that be can separate us from the love of Christ. Because of our relationship with Christ Jesus. And so that's where we have hope as Christians. Not in the things of this earth. But in God's kingdom. So next question, how does a person know he or she has the Holy Spirit? What evidence is there? So what does Paul talk about in this chapter about the Holy Spirit? What, do, what, is, what does the Holy Spirit do? just kind of float around and you got to catch it? The answer would be no. It intercedes on our behalf, right? Um, So Paul uses the example. When we're in those times of hardship and we don't know what to pray, we don't know what to say, we don't know what to do, the Holy Spirit intercedes on our behalf. And gives us those words to say, gives us those words to pray. Or even if, Paul even goes on to say, even if we don't have the words, in our wordless groans, the Spirit intercedes on our behalf. This whole idea that God's Spirit is so in tune with us and is so seeking us out. That even when we don't know what to say and we don't know what to do, he is there with us, guiding us, directing us, giving us hope, giving us strength. 
giving us what we need in those times. next question what does it mean to live life with a more than conquerors through him who loved us attitude so if we took that phrase we are more than conquerors through him who loves us how what does that look like in the everyday life what does that look like especially when we're going through hardships and trials. So I want you to think about the last time you went through a hardship. Last time you went through a difficult patch in life, had some things that you were either struggling with or some hardships that happened, Uh, or some difficulties that happen. Maybe it's just a hard week of school or work. Um, I want you to think about that and picture it. Okay? Does that, do those scenarios in life make you feel like a conquering hero? When it's over. When it's over. When you survive it, but when you're going through it, so you haven't survived it yet, you're in the midst of it, do you feel like a conquering hero? What Paul is saying is that through Christ who loves us, we are more than the conquering hero. Even in the midst of those hardships, even in the midst of those times where we feel down in the dumps, like things couldn't get any worse, because of the love of Christ, We are more than conquering heroes because Christ loves you. Because Christ loves you. Those other things, they don't even matter because Christ loves you. Um, And so it just throws into perspective what is truly important. Even, Even in the midst of hard times and trials, Um, And it's not a call to give up on the things that we're going through. I mean, we we go through those. We carry on. Christ gives us the strength. But to be reassured and reminded that even when we feel at the lowest low, because Christ loves us, that's where our worth comes in. And because of that, we are more than, than conquerors. We are more than that. So lastly, Paul says that there is nothing that can separate us from the love of God. And when he says that, he says there is nothing that can separate us from the love of God. Nothing in heaven, nothing on earth, and nothing under the earth. Um, So literally there are no powers that exist in all of creation, in all the spiritual realm 
there are no powers that exist that can separate you from the love of Christ. There's nothing. Once you, when you're in that relationship with Christ, when you accept that forgiveness and you're participating in that relationship and you're living, you're living with Him in your life, there is nothing that can separate you. That should give us tremendous hope and encouragement when we're facing difficult times. When we turn on the news and everything we see says, the world's ending, we got it wrong, it wasn't 2012, it's 2020, and this is it, it's over. We can still have peace and assurance that we have the love of Christ and that is all we need. Because it has hope and redemption and salvation and new life and a new creation attached to it. And nothing can separate us from that because we are his and he is ours. And so no matter what we're facing, no matter what we're going through, we have hope in Christ. And that hope, it delivers us. It sets us free. It has us experiencing joy and forgiveness and love even in the midst of the worst situations life has to throw at us. Even when Christians were in the Roman Colosseums and they were being slaughtered, they still chose the love of Christ over being set free because that's how powerful and important it is. So as we're going about our weeks and months in an unknown world of what's going to lie ahead, we don't know. We can have peace. We can have hope in Christ because nothing, not even a virus, can separate us from the love of Christ. Any questions? All right, let's close with a word of prayer. Lord Jesus, we thank you for this time where we can come together and read your word and be reminded of who you are and who we are as your people. And Lord, we thank you that you died for us, that you set us free from the slave, of slavery of sin, the bondage of sin, and, has, and have given us new life. And Lord, as we face trials and hardships of many kinds in this life. Help us to keep our eyes on you. Help us to keep our hope in you. And help us to remember that absolutely nothing can separate us from your love. We love you and we pray these things in your name. Amen.